El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Hey, welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I used to write a bunch of weekly columns for a bunch of internet places, and I would use those columns to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. Then I would come on this show to defend those opinions. But now, shut up! Joining me today, she is one half of the duo who hosts the Two Non-Doctors podcast, which you can hear right here on the Unpops Podcast Network. She's also recording a comedy album on August 30th. Ladies and gentlemen, one of my favorite people in the world, Maria Shahada. Also joining me, she is the other half of the duo who hosts the Two Non-Doctors podcast, which you can still hear right here on the Unpops Network, just like I mentioned last introduction. She is also a fantastic comedian. Ladies and gentlemen, Liz Mealy. And Jeff's here, too. It's going to be a great show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. Liz, do you see what Jeff is doing? He's being an asshole. What? Thank you. That's just me standing here and the guest automatically calls me an asshole. Wow. Did you guys have a meeting about this beforehand? Uh, for starters, just, you're sitting. You're not standing. I sense I'm standing. Things. I have a standing. I have a standing desk here. So no, you sit on a yoga ball, Jeff. I do. <laughs> hey, Jeff's back. He's, hey, he's my co-host whenever I'm he's back. here. I'm back from a vacay. Yeah, it was it was it was bad. It was bad. Good, good. I'm glad. Glad to hear it. Also, Liz Mealy's here. Hi. Bouncing locks. Thank you. Thank you for noticing. Just full of volume, full of Thank full you. of curls. Those curls are alive, Liz. Thank that, you. You use Pantene Pro V? No, that's terrible for your hair. Fucking bounce out of the 90s and Pantene show up to 2021. Herbal essences? No, it has to be like SLS free and made with like botanicals and Perk. there's the cur- there's the curly hip part. I remember like my I remember the two in one. This is how like you know your dad was in charge of everything. Like that was what we used. And of course my hair was just a giant knot my entire life. I have these like <laughs> thick curls and I was like, "Why can't I br- run a brush through my hair?" And then I was like, "Oh, because this is I'm literally putting like paint thinner in my hair." Suave, you suave. <laughs> Good 99 cent suave. That'll, yeah, that'll yeah, fix you right like, up. Smells like apples. So uh, everyone knows Jeff and Liz, both Liz co-hosts a podcast right here on the network called Two Non-Doctors. If you're not listening to that, hey, fuck you. And speaking of Two Non-Doctors, joining me in the middle of the show today, Maria Shahada, also from Two Non-Doctors. Because we're talking about international news today. And Maria is playing the role of our unofficial UK correspondent because she's she's a spy. Yeah, she lives over there like a real fucking traitor. You know? <laughs> but I got I got two good Americans with me right now for the first and last parts of this show. Damn uh, right. Should we get in? Should we get into these stories? We got some got some doozies. We're talking about foreign places, man. I tell you what, we're gonna be strong doing it American style. Coming to invade your country with news, everybody. Yeah, we come. We we gonna we gonna. T- you got you got oil in that news. <laughs> 
We're going to take it. That's our news now. So let's talk about snakes. Oh, hell yeah, man. Nothing more American than snakes. Man, I fucking hate a snake so much. Why do you hate snakes? Because they're, I mean, they're not good pets. I don't like pets that don't make good pets. That's what's funny about it is that I was also like, eh. And then I was at my friend's place and her, her husband has like a decent sized snake. And so I'm holding it. And then yeah, he was yeah. showing me like what it's, what they do when they're, they're happy, like they're purring and like how, you know, they're comfortable with you and like kind of explain. Cause like, that's the thing is like, I didn't, how do you know that they're cuddling or that they're so once you kind of know the attributes, uh-huh. you're like, Oh, this is really sweet. The same way that like a dog puts their head on your arm or a cat crawls into your lap and you're like, oh, they're comfortable and they like being around me. I think actually getting to know because I get really defensive when people are like cats are the worst. And I'm like, you just you're someone that didn't own a cat. It's so obvious. Cats because are the cats best. aren't the worst. Your cats are the best. Snakes. OK, I, I do. I don't want to do the bit, but <laughs> you've seen the bit that I do, Adam, at least where it's just like it's, it, snakes are the only pet whose diet is pets. That's fucked up. <laughs> That's a yeah. fucked up thing. And beyond that, too, I remember my ex, her sister owned a snake. And it's like, and sometimes when she wakes up, the snake is just laying straight next to her. I'm like, oh, the snake is sizing her up to see if it yeah. fit. Like, you're a blob of heat. Oh, the yeah. The, the night before my dad's funeral, he died when I was 17. I got uh, throw up drunk on vodka and orange juice so much so that I fell asleep in front of the toilet and I was living with my aunt and my cousin at the time and they had a fucking python that they would just let roam around the house and I wake up drunk in front of the toilet and look over and the snake is right in the fucking doorway like oh can I eat that yeah is this for having <laughs> Is this this thing for happening? No, man. uh, Snakes are fucked up. Also, they seem very confident for someone so sneaky. Yeah. Yeah. I think you see a snake come at you. I'll I'll S's at you. Ooh. I mean, if I had poison, I'd be pretty confident too. Yeah, I'm. Sm- I, it's actually kind of how I feel as a small person, but I carry a lot of weapons. I'm like, don't underestimate me. I have brass knuckles and a pepper spray. Yeah, but if you saw somebody that was like a hundred feet tall, you wouldn't run at them, would you, with your little pepper spray? Um, it depends on how weak I think they are. I think we come across as weak. They're like, look at them; they're all just like. I mean, we do get freaked out by snakes. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's scared of them. Everyone is scared of them. And we're like 20 times as big as them. I think that says a lot. Everyone's scared of them, except one of the people in this story. We're going to talk about. I'm just unnerved by them. Yeah. It's like cockroaches. I'm not afraid of a cockroach. I'm uncomfortable about them. Yeah. Also, like I've had them fly in my hair and get stuck. That's enough. We don't need that. We don't need that information. I would literally say that's my worst day as a New Yorker. I saw a roach outside last night that was so large. I shit you not. My dog lunged at it like it was a fucking cat (laughs) coming out from under a car. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. That's the kind of one that it was wearing jewelry. I was going to say it was so big. You made a missing pet poster. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I found your, I I found your shiny cat. (laughs) (laughs) I named it Dolores. Come pick it up. It's in a cage. So let's talk about a place that apparently doesn't have snakes or didn't. I, I didn't know this was What's a thing. That, I thought snakes were worldwide like DJ Khaled. Yes. But <laughs> like Pitbull. Yeah. But they are not. New Zealand apparently does has very few snakes. I also had no clue that New Zealand is also called. Should look this uh, pronunciation up first. Aotearoa. Never. 
Never heard. I Googled it and was because in this article, which is on The Guardian, they talk about New Zealand and then right away they say Aotaria uh, does not normally have snakes. And I was like, well, why are you bringing up this whole other place? And I Googled that, it um, and it just goes straight to New Zealand. But that's the Maori. Maori. I was going to ask, is that the Maori? Uh, it sure is. And I was right. Oh, my God. Lucky me. Well, the other thing is, is like Australia is known for having like the deadliest of pests, everything from like spiders to snake, like every it's like literally when people talk about Australia, they're like, that's where you will die. And then for New Zealand to be so close and somewhat associated with them. And they're just like, oh, we don't have anything scary. You're like, yeah. did they ship off all their scary stuff to Australia? Yeah. Gandalf the they- is the St. Patrick of New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. he took the, you must leave. But you know, you know how they say like Australia is just like a, like a, a hellhole. Yeah. Yeah, but like a land of prisoners and like poisonous yeah. spiders. You're just kind of, it's part of you. It's like, is this a conspiracy? Like New Zealand, it was like, no, thank you. Yeah, they just have sheep. Yeah, and uh, fly Zealand the Concords, like, of course. Yeah, New Zealand's yeah. finest export. Uh, and Taika. Yeah. Sure, sure. He makes great movies. So uh, apparently New Zealand just has very few predators that can harm a person at all, aside from other humans, obviously. The most dangerous game of all. Dangerous. It was believed they didn't have snakes, uh, they don't even stock anti-venom in the country because why? It's like in the South when it snows like a quarter of an inch and the whole city shuts down. It's like, well, yeah, they don't they have, have salt no, to put on their streets. Yeah, plows. Yeah. So because of this, a lot of people in New Zealand have never even seen a fucking snake. Don't know what they look like. That is don't even wild to me. You don't know what a snake looks like. Yeah. Don't even realize they can be dangerous because it's just not. A thing, which I still don't get that because like if I saw a fucking hyena, I'd be like, okay, you're supposed to be in Africa, but also I'm terrified. I've never seen one of you, but I know you could kill me probably. Did did they not have access to the Indiana Jones films? (laughs) I don't know. I was going to say, what kind of pets do their social outcasts keep? Like, how do you know that somebody has doesn't have friends? Tired of these motherfucking birds on this motherfucking plane. That's how that movie worked (laughs) in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, don't don't talk to anybody that owns a cockatoo in New Zealand because they probably smell terrible and wear denim vests everywhere. So what's happening now in New Zealand, imagine the country's surprise, a bunch of goddamn sea snakes just started washing ashore in New Zealand. And that thing about people not realizing they're dangerous, well, the first person to find one was an 11-year-old boy who was just strolling the beach and not knowing what it was, he just picked it up chucked it in a bag and headed off to a local store to request a box. And the store owner, who must be from out of the country, said, uh, that's a sea snake. And here's a quote from that young boy. I didn't know what to do with it. I chopped its head off, put it in a bag and threw it out. Why'd you have to chop its head off? Because it's a snake. Well, it's a poisonous snake. It's actually really smart for somebody that doesn't, for an 11, like, what did he do, a report on it when he was in the third grade? Like, why does he know that? Like, that's what you're supposed to do, but that's really shocking. Then also, once the store owner knew it was poisonous, why is he not doing that? Why is he, why did he just let this little boy, like, oh, a little 11 year old, like, it would literally be like the kids, like, I have this, what is this? He's like, that's a gun. And he was like, that's dangerous. And the guy was like, okay, see you later. Every, every New Zealander for himself when it comes to sea snakes. I mean, yeah, I guess that is the smart thing to do. Then it can't just go out and bite someone else. But you also could have just chucked it back into the ocean. But how many chances do you get to lop a fucking snake's head off? So there's that too. Where are his parents? Where are his parents in this entire story? His parents were snakes. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. People don't know. People never think about that, but long term, it's a huge deal. 
these sea snakes have also been popping up on shore in other places that they don't usually, like Japan, South Korea, and California. I mean, we got oh. we have snakes, right? Uh, we have rattlesnakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have the coolest of the snakes that'll kill you. Mm, I don't know. A cobra is pretty fucking rad. Yeah, cobras are cool. But then we'd have to live in like India. Yeah. Well, we could just bring some over here and let them loose in the Hollywood Hills or something. They'll pop. I'm not mad we don't, about we don't that. have enough tragedies going on right now. Let's have a yeah, snake let's just, epidemic. Yeah. Let's just like uh like take over a carnival. There's always like a cobra in one of those little trailers. You know. There sure is. I do want a cobra that knows how to do tricks like that, like answers the door, gets my packages, closes it. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah, swallows your packages and then brings them and spits them back out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be the best. And I'd be like, I'd be like, Billy, I said this was fragile. And he's like. <laughs> <laughs> no ears, but they're back anyway. Oh, little good puppy. You're like, it's putting its tail between its legs, except it's all tail and has no legs. (laughs) Uh, Science speculates that you're not going to believe this, but the reason these snakes are washing ashore, global warming. So uh, sounds like they drank the Kool-Aid and they're believing these lib scientists that the world's getting warmer. Fucking who knew snakes were political? I hate it. (laughs) New Zealand is really big on science. huh? They, they. Like, didn't like one person get COVID and they like shut down the entire country? Yeah, it's clearly the right thing to do because yeah. now they have 21 people that have COVID. Like, you know, they were smart when it wasn't nearly as spreadable. I mean, honestly, I the whole point is that they get ahead of it so they don't have to do anything drastic like what we had to do. So they've oh, yeah. had not that bad of a year. Yeah, they're stuck in New Zealand with their snakes, but otherwise, they've had a pretty decent year and a half while we've fucking just tarnished our economy and our lives yeah they got that smoke show of a of a prime minister too oh yeah Mm. smart ladies yeah that's that's what it's all about yeah give me a smart lady telling me what to do i mean we've been trying (laughs) like literally for yeah but not me specifically (laughs) (laughs) so these snakes apparently are actually native to new zealand they've just always been in the water and if you're in the water between australia and new zealand if you have a choice to go one of those places you're going to go to australia probably like they got i mean they have like beautiful isn't australia famous for its sharks i'd be like i'm gonna go to new zealand where it seems like there's less sharks here yeah that's everything seems to be better in new zealand except their accent i really genuinely don't like their accent no bit more guttural yeah, it's obnoxious. I don't know. It just confuses confuses my brain. Not that I think I have a good accent. It's garbage. But oh, know. Americans don't have accents. I thought everyone knew that. Yeah, we're called the baseline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> these snakes are very venomous. That that is true. But it's rare for them to bite humans, and they also have very tiny teeth that are at the back of their mouth. So even if they want to bite you, it's not easy for them. So. I do like the idea that they, and you're like, oh, how cute is he? (laughs) He's trying to bite me. He's mouthing me. Oh. So if you see one, fight that motherfucker. You're going to win. Like it's got tiny little. Knock that snake ass out. Yeah. The picture is kind of cool. It has like this kind of pinstripe along its side. And then it has like a bunch of stripes on its butt. And I was just like, this is just a beautiful design. Like. Taxidermy that shit. Put it on the wall. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Turn it into like a, like a spear. And attack people with it. I was going to put it, make it a headband. <laughs> My grandfather <laughs> used to go to Alaska for six months out of the year toward the end of his life. And he one time went hunting and brought back two 
taxidermied black bears that he just put in the basement and paid no mind to ever again. And here's the thing about a a taxidermied animal. Still fucking stinks if you don't uh, keep that fur clean. And those fucking things reeked so bad. But it was also fascinating having an actual bear in the basement. A guard bear. Yeah, I would just like sometimes walk up and fucking play with its teeth and pet it, but it fucking stunk. And that bear's soul is looking at you being like, I was a king. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder where those bears are now. Yep, shit in Illinois is poking my teeth. (laughs) There aren't a lot of people that have taxidermy snakes. Like, I've seen taxidermy everything, but it is funny that you'll have something as big as a bear in your basement, but a garden snake or even just like a regular snake, people are like, what is it, just going to like be coiled, like look like poop? Imagine spending the money to to get a garter snake uh taxidermy taxidermied where like, like 240 dollars or something to get this like tiny shitty snake he was my friend he was my friend probably just laminate it yeah <laughs> keep it fine what was his name uh <laughs> that's what he said when i asked steven yeah. steven snake well, that's not original come on steven with 17 s's Ironically, his name Paula Abdul. Mm. <laughs> Cold-hearted. So let's talk about another story. Uh, a snake of a different kind. Mm, right? There is, there's some uh, drama brewing between Canada and China. But before we talk about that, I want to mention right off the bat, this article, we'll link to it. It's on Al Jazeera. I love that the first thing you see in this article is, one, an image of Dennis Rodman. And Hell even yeah. better, in the caption, they call him Michael Rodman. That seems like a big oversight. The GOAT. Yeah, and also borderline racist. Do you think that's somebody that just was too young to know his his legacy? Like somebody that was like, he looks like a Michael. Rodman's legacy? I think they were just like, oh, he played for the Bulls? He's Michael Jordan. Yeah. It's Al Jazeera. It might be, you know, a person that's not necessarily too familiar with American basketball. Basket, basketball? Yeah. Basketball? Brexit ball? Brexit ball. <laughs> so... Yeah, he's in the lead picture of this article because one of the people he made his famous trip to North Korea with is named Michael Spaver. And that guy was recently sentenced to 11 years in prison in China on charges of being a spy. And Canada is appealing this, trying to call it a sham trial. But the article describes his business as, quote, a travel and cultural exchange business between China and North Korea. And I don't know. Whenever I hear that, I'm like, you're a spy, aren't you? He looks like a spy, which is which is like eerie. Yeah. I'm sorry. Everybody has a job description where for the most part you know what they do. Why why don't we actually know what he does? They yeah. Yeah, he organizes trips to places Americans aren't supposed to be able to go. I wonder who helps him do that. Dennis Rodman, <laughs> Michael Rodman, <laughs> the CCIA. <laughs> yeah, what if they replace Dennis Rodman with a body double? And his name's Michael, and they just accidentally let the cat out of the bag in the Sal Jazeera. Ozzy Canseco of Dennis Rodman's life. <laughs> exactly. This is a very you-don't-even-like-sports uh, tie-in <laughs> episode. You don't even like sports. Available on the Unpopular Opinion Network. Check it out. Yeah, it's about how Jeff doesn't even like sports. It's about how Liz does not like sports and Adam uh, does not participate. Mm. So, I'm glad you just know that. Did you just know that because I'm a woman? 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. Sorry, we don't do a podcast about shopping. (laughs) What? I just like the idea that I move my head and it just has like all these posters from like, (laughs) like legends of every, like, I'm just like, this is a baseball poster. Like all 80s basketball posters. Like, wow. I hold up my trading cards. I'm I'm a millionaire just in trading cards. I'm like, don't you Goose Gossage on the wall behind you? She's got a Chris Mullen poster back there. (laughs) Craig Elo? I didn't even know they made that. A Bobby Bonilla. I even know who Dennis Rodman is. No, we're very happy for you. Thank you. I only know because he used to dye his hair. Yeah. Yeah. He was he was a fascinating. You should check him out on You Don't Even Like Sports. Yeah, we did a whole season about who don't like sports. I will say this. I dated a guy that was like a sports network person like 10 years ago when I used to watch 30 for 30 on ESPN. And those are awesome. Like those are just good documentaries where even I didn't care about anybody involved in it. I was like, this is just good storytelling. I know so a we, podcast like that. It's called yeah, We you Don't do. Even Like Sports. <laughs> but we're better because yeah. we don't have to rely on having firsthand witnesses and interviews with the people involved. Yeah, <laughs> I like, think it's perfect. I'm in. Like I'm other ready. people do that legwork for us. And then we just yeah. come in and like we're, we're kind of the Craig Kimbrell of the the sports world perfect <laughs> of course just get <laughs> knocking up saves can i just uh, buy any hat i see on the street put it on and be a part of it yep yeah pretty absolutely. much absolutely that's the whole point yeah my Great. team is john deere right now nice they're having nice. a good season and i'm the jeff mace <laughs> so another canadian michael kovrig was also arrested recently on spying charges he hasn't yet received a connection if you look into what this guy does for a living, he works for this international like think tank NGO kind of thing. And those are always also pretty sketchy. Like those are the those are the kind of organizations that when you start talking to people in other countries or you read interviews with people in other countries, they're like, yeah, USAID, that's that's the CIA. That's that's not they're not really here to help. They're here to help in the sense that they would like to tell us how to topple our government, but other than that, not really here to help. I, I saw a great little comic strip that was like, a, it was like one of those fork in the road strips. And it just said uh, to the left was comedy writer to the right was CIA. And in the center, it was just Harvard grads. <laughs> oh yeah. I remember that. <laughs> That's pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Conan, if he was a little shorter, he could have been a spy. Yep. So everybody said Conan O spying. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't get it. His last name's O'Brien, Jeff. Yeah, uh, but they they rhyme, Adam. Mm, agree to rhyme disagree. Time. So uh, Canada claims China arrested these two men in revenge for Canada arresting the CFO of Chinese telecom company Huawei in 2018. And they did that at the behest of the United States because we wanted that guy. And, uh, what was he doing? Yeah. Oh, he's probably in Guantanamo or something. Like... So what was he doing? Not where is he now? Oh, we just accused that entire company of being spies. Remember that whole scandal when the government was like, don't buy Huawei phones. And I was like, fuck you. I'm buying one right now (laughs) because you got one. right? Yeah, I'm not a Chinese dissident. I don't care if they spy on me. And here's the thing. Great phone. Fantastic phones outside of the United States. They're the or the second biggest smartphone carrier in the world. But we accuse them of being spies and tied to the Chinese government. So now you can't buy a Huawei phone in the United States. I mean, anything Chinese is going to be a little spyish. Yeah, just like anything American is going to be a little spyish. It just feels like the the pot calling the kettle black. Like we're the worst. 
Yeah. And then we're going around being like, stop touching my stuff. And they're like, you touched our stuff first. Like it just. Yeah. I, well, I think USA and China are pretty tied for being the worst. And also yeah. Russia's up there too. Russia's yeah. pretty the worst as well. And that's why we're, we're all in charge. The three yeah. of us, because the three uh, worst, yeah. we dominate. Cause we're wolves inside of you. There are three wolves, <laughs> the United States, China, and Russia. That is kind of accurate. I think I we've know. all seen the shirts. There's a part of me that's just like, why can't we just like be transparent and be like, hey, we're just collecting all this stuff. We're doing all this stuff and um, you should just be OK with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I honestly, if I could pick and choose how I'm being manipulated, I think I would like actually like be more open. Like, OK, a good example is, you know, that documentary that came out during the pandemic about like social media and how like basically social they have dilemma. a file on all of us and they know like. With that, just by me clicking, they know like how much of a feminist I am and like who my family is and what kind of fucking T-shirts I buy. Like they know everything from the small to the biggest and how I vote just from what I Google kind of thing. There's a part of me that's like, I watched that and I was like, oh, I don't like that. And then after a week, I was like, they already know what targeted, am I fighting. Targeted advertising is weird to me because I'm like, don't do that. But thank you. Yeah, like I do want to, I was looking for this exact watch. Like, how did they know I wanted it just like this? That's awesome. Yeah, I have bought a lot of stuff from targeted ads. There is especially clothes and shoes. Like they fucking get me. You put a good Puma ad in front of me, dad's clicking that for sure. That's what I was exactly looking for. Is it that bad? I just, you know, I don't want them manipulating my mind. So like I would, like if it was a checkbox, it'd be like, yes, I want to know the exact skirt I'm looking for. But no, I don't want you to manipulate me into an anti-vaxxer. Like you just, you pick and choose. And I'd pick like- I hate to break it to you, but Puma, big anti-vax company. So, Mm -hmm. But like if there was 10 (laughs) ways to manipulate me, I'd pick four. I'd be like, you can, I think that's nice. It would be the ethical thing to do. But yeah. that that's a tall ask for the United States to be ethical. Oh, man. With their brain tricks. Yeah. I don't know. I always when I hear stories like this, I'm like, you're probably a spy. Like there was I do a bit on stage about these three hikers who were taken into custody in Iran on suspicion of being spies. And they were hiking in the mountains in Iraq and crossed over the border into Iran. And this was during the war in Iraq. And it's like, why are you in Iraq during the war in Iraq? You decided, oh, this is the proper time to go hiking in Iraq. No, you're spies, clearly. I was going to say, nobody has two other friends that's like, yes, great idea, Billy. Let's go for a hike in the most dangerous area. And if you look at them, they just look like extras from Homeland. Like they're (laughs) obvious spies. But I guess we can't say that. We can't just come out and be like, oh, you got us trouble having friends go to like the next borough to like go get something to eat and you're telling me you have two best friends that are like yes let's hike in iraq that's like extreme extreme tourism yeah my question would be how did you get there did you like hit up southwest airlines and just book a flight to iraq during a war of course not like how did you get there they enlisted and then when they got there they were like psych yeah. JK LOL, we just needed the trip. That would have been funny, honestly. So let's talk about one more story uh before we uh cut to Maria. South Korean semen terrorism. Let's talk Ooh, about that's it. A, that's a interesting combination of words. Can we first just start with the picture of this article? Like they you knew they didn't know what to make the picture. So it's just like them like cutting people's hair. <laughs> I was like, 
I was like, you know, that was like an like a, a conversation where they're like, we need a picture for the semen terrorist article. I was thinking like a cup of coffee and like it's a little too milky. And they're like, no, some weird haircut picture. Don't <laughs> yeah. don't give imagery. It was about um like spy porn, right? Like spy cam porn. That's why they were getting their hair cut like that. Oh, I remember that. reading the thing. It was like it was something. The caption on it is like the women were sh- like shaving their heads to like it for like a a protest on spy cam pornography or something. But like when you first look at it, you're just like, wait, what are we doing here? Like you can't say semen terrorists and then have haircuts. There, there was a big scandal in South Korea recently regarding this K-pop singer. Which K-pop, don't fucking get me started. That is a very problematic industry from goddamn top to bottom. Especially the part where they just shamelessly steal from black people and don't acknowledge it. But there was this K-pop singer who was doing that. He was planning like spy cams in bathrooms and shit at his clubs. Oh, he was even stealing from Chuck Berry. Yeah, exactly. Where does it end? And uh, yeah, he went to prison over that but uh it's actually like a really big problem like i i watched like a whole video years ago about like like women on subways where there's like dudes that'll put like cameras under their dresses and like yeah yeah and you're just like like believe me there's a lot of like gross things i've heard about in the u.s but it's been very like just an extra level of per like pervasion i don't know what the right word is pervertedness perversion perversion that I'm like, when I read it, I'm like, Ugh. like I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't know I had to look out for that. You know what I yeah. mean? Like as a woman, there's all these different things we look out for. You're adding new things to a list I'm already overwhelmed by. Just be grateful for catcalling because yeah, American yeah, yeah. culture. Why can't you just take the compliment, the aggressive, scary compliment and let us do yeah. that. So we don't come on your purse. It lets creepy men vent the pressure so they don't end up shoe coming. Yeah. Oh, like, or or just do like Japan and sell like hentai in uh, in fucking vending machines. Cucumber Pepsi or something. they say what the motivation of, is it like, re, you know how like there's like, was it revenge porn where like, you know, an ex-boyfriend will put like naked pictures of you up. Is this like revenge coming? Like, I just. They don't this- actually go into that in the article. It's, they just say there's kind of an epidemic of men jizzing on women's belongings in South Korea and they don't really explain why like is it a viral video thing is it like a chat like were they tagged in the jizz on a woman's purse challenge like what is going on but they don't really explain it it's just yeah like at least with like tide pod challenge they gave some context yeah you know that thing where you would chuck a tide pod at a woman's purse that was fun yeah, yeah, that yeah. was just like, fun you be clean you wench <laughs> <laughs> wash your clothes with this you're welcome good times good times and what's weird about this is these are all being classified as property damage crimes and not as a sexual offense yeah. and a property right. damage crime you just get fined for that instead of criminal punishment and I don't know if I agree with that. No, it's a problem. I think South Korea is a little bit backwards on their on their dealings with women at some point in time for such an advanced uh, advanced culture. Yeah, let's just put it this way. And this is the easiest way to look at it. If a dude came in your coffee, would you report it as property damage? And this is to men. Because when they, in the context of women, they're like, oh, they overreact. It's just kind of, you know, they just ruined your shoes. But you know, if a dude you didn't know 
came in your shoe, you would be like, he belongs in jail. His come touched my stuff. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because that is one of the exact things that happened in one of these cases. A guy in South Korea jerked off into his female co-worker's coffee cup six times over the course of six months. He was convicted of property damage and fined three million won, which is about $2,500. So Korea. Yeah, that. That doesn't seem appropriate. I'll tell you what. If this happened in North Korea, I think that fine would be a little more intense. Yeah. Take a fucking mortar shell to the chest for that. In North Korea, you're just, you're North Korea your family's getting beheaded for doing that. Good. Like, stop fucking coming on our shit. Like, there's a part of me. That's okay. Like, okay. <laughs> PC culture out of control. But Ooh. like, you know what I mean? It's just so interesting to me that whenever it happens to women, that's just not a big deal. But if it if it happened to a dude, you know for a fact if there's come in your coffee, the world would pay. I would add though, but that would make me gay. Yeah, so, and so you wouldn't be able to admit it publicly. Yeah. Sure, sure, yeah, sure, I could, sure. I couldn't do anything about it. It's that's you're so, could you imagine? You're like, I said I wanted a latte, not a fucking uh a gay latte. Everybody knows they're different. <laughs> Good one. I wanted a latte, not a gay latte. <laughs> How many times have I said that sentence at yeah, you like You know, and you're like looking at the board. You're like, did I point to the wrong thing? Maybe it's my fault. Yeah. Maybe can I get a uh, half calf decaf with a double pump of load, please? Yeah. <laughs> can I get uh, two shots in that? Oh, you meant espresso. Sorry. Ooh, I jizzed ooh. in your coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, you have to. And specify. you're welcome. That's expensive. <laughs> yeah. So this is crazy. I don't know. There isn't really any resolution to it right now. Just women in South Korea are a little bothered by these crimes being classified as property crimes. Go bunch figure. Of, bunch of SJWs uh, over there. Right? I just see a bunch of women with their own coffee mugs holding their purses, never taking their shoes off. Yeah. It's like, being like, you need to loosen up. And they're like, no, thank you. You have to put a coaster over your coffee now. That's oh, God. Way. And there's just a pool of jizz on the coaster when you come back. It's like, oh, the defense worked. Great. Uh-huh. The jizz oh. fairy came. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> condom of my coffee. There's coffee condoms. Ugh. Gross. So that's this gross. Is gross. That's, that's so, fine. I mean, it's, uh, you know, this is one of those situations, too, where you're like, oh, this is disgusting. It's happening in Korea. And I'm like, I bet this is probably happening in a lot of places. Oh, no, sure. um, this happened probably 10 years ago. But um, a friend, a homeless guy jizzed on her back while she was on the subway. No. Yeah. Like she like literally took off her coat and she's like, oh, my God, this guy jizzed on my coat. Um, He's unhoused. <laughs> Sorry. He's our unhoused neighbor that jizzed on her back. Yes. Sorry. Uh, a man that lives on the subway decided that this is where he jizzed. Yeah. It's sort of like everyone just saw Silence of the Lambs and is like, you know who I like? That Miggs guy. <laughs> yeah, Remember Miggs? Yeah. yeah. The guy who threw the, the semen. Threw his load. Yeah. Maybe that's what happened on the subway. Maybe he just had it queued up waiting for someone to get on the train and then chucked it. I hope he didn't s- scream the thing that Miggs screams, because that's not appropriate either. Mm-mm. No, that was very rude of Miggs. That part Migs. I did not agree with whatsoever. Mig, Miggs, you little scamp. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break. And when I come back, we'll be talking to Maria Shahada. I will, not Jeff and Liz. 
because uh, they actually don't like Maria. We yeah, talked about like it no. before the podcast and shocking, not- shocking revelation on this on this episode here. Both nope. not fans of Maria. It's crazy. Nope. Yeah, nope. it's on my rider. Nope. I won't let that be published. She's my hero. <laughs> Maria's great. Everyone loves Maria. And uh, She's the best. so we're going to talk to Maria Shahada for a bit. And then I'll be back with Liz and Jeff. Hey, and we're back with unofficial UK correspondent Maria Shahada. I guess it can be official. <laughs> I was like, who decides the officiality of this title? I want official correspondent. All right. Official UK correspondent Maria Shahada. Maria, how's it going? Fantastic. Adam, how are you? I am so good. We have some UK news to talk about. But uh, before we do, you have some stuff to talk about. What's going on? Yeah, my own personal UK news. I'm doing an album recording in London and uh, I need I need people there. I need people faces laughing. Because I need, you know, when you do a recording after your jokes, you want to hear laughter. <laughs> so we, we do have a, a decent following on that side of the pond, as they say. I'll go to like Birmingham or like one time at the Bill Murray, which is where I'm doing my recording. People come up to me like, oh, I've heard you on Unpops. And I just had no idea you're doing a podcast in a little room in L.A. And then suddenly you, you've got this reach that you just had no idea you're reaching. Worldwide! <laughs> I think that's what I'm supposed to yell in situations like that. <laughs> if, if you were a proper hype man, yeah. Um, yeah, so like I'm doing the album recording at the Bill Murray. It's August 30th. It's a Monday, but it's a bank holiday. I have two shows at 6 and 8 p.m. Uh, tickets are eight pounds in advance, 10 at the door. And um, yeah, you can get tickets on my website, mariashahada.com, or you can go to angelcomedy.co.uk, but uh, it's harder to find on there, I think. So just go to my website. Go see Maria Shahada record an album. Please tell me what exactly is a bank holiday? Is that just a holiday where banks shut down? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's just a holiday. What do we call in the States? Just holidays. Yeah. It's just a but holiday. it's not like a religious holiday. Okay. I get it. So it's just a yeah. holiday. All right, fine, fine, fine. We're yeah, we're gonna get yeah. all my questions about England sorted out today. I'm here to help as much as I can in the five years I've been here. Yeah, I mean you're an expert now. I just appreciate <laughs> that you haven't really picked up a weird accent. There is a woman I watch a reality show called Alone that is on the History Channel, and it is wonderful. There is a woman on there who moved to the UK from Montana like 11 years ago, and her accent is maddening because she will Ugh. just fall in and out of a British accent. Anything with a vowel, she she says with a British accent, and everything else, I don't even know how she's from Montana. She sounds like she's from Southern California the rest of the time she talks. There's a certain transatlantic accent here that I, I can't stand, and I... I can fall into the I can fall into its trap, but I try to avoid it because it's so awful to hear. And it's like they kind of end their sentences in this like uh, like <laughs> it's just fucking just like I was at the, I was watching TV the other day like I can't do it. We should all just go back to using transatlantic accents like this. You see? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like old timey news reports. This is what everybody sounds like all around the world. Yeah. And actors and actresses like picked up that accent as well, like on purpose. Yeah. And that's fine. I actually don't mind that one. I would I would do that one if I could. But also the problem is, is I can't do accents. I'm bad at them also. Yeah. It's just I can't this like half and half accent. I can't stand. And 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 like this is what I have an issue with the South African accent. 
And it's because it feels like it's just a mix of everyone's accent. And so it's just like, what is, what is that? Sorry, South Africa. I just. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. South Africa has a confusing accent, uh, probably because of their very complicated history, but uh, no complicated <laughs> history in the UK. No, no, not at all. Should we, should we talk about some of these stories? Yeah. That highlight their complicated history. Go on. This first one. Yeah. One of them definitely does. This first one is interesting. There, there's an issue in the UK right now, it's it's they they call it cafe culture, but I don't yeah. know if that's the right term. But basically, because of COVID, outdoor dining is super popular in England now. Pavement licenses are what they're called. They were introduced by the government in July of last year to help struggling businesses, and they all say it's helped. It's helped save them from bankruptcy, and uh, so now the government's thinking of making them permanent. And the problem is, residents in these areas are like. Okay, well, now there's just a constant street party in my neighborhood every fucking night, and you're saying it might be that way forever. And uh, I can see how that would be a problem. Is this happening anywhere near you, or do you, like, live in Stepford-upon-Tyne or something like that? No. First of all, I'm like, my mind is blown that anyone actually even lives in uh like zone one is what it's called like so if you're in central london it's zone one and then the further out from central london you get you get zone one zone two zone three you're just preparing for that dystopian future with names like that <laughs> that's like yeah. that's basically the hunger games they yeah. have district one through 12 okay right <laughs> so doesn't paris do that too they have like the injuries months or whatever or on these yeah yeah <laughs> I wasn't even going to attempt it. Sorry. Sorry, false of shit. Sorry, Manuel Macron. You sound exactly like that, though. The thing is, it's like pre-pandemic. I didn't even think anyone lived in that area because like you're like, God, it would be amazing. And everyone I've ever spoken to is like, nobody lives. Nobody lives in this area. It's too expensive. So it's really just all owned by Russian oligarchs who are never there. So it's just all empty, beautiful places. Um I thought. What is social housing? The people they interview in this live in social housing. I thought it was like public housing, like government funded housing. See, I figured that too, but I've always, for the longest time, I would read interviews with like British musicians and they'd be like, I grew up poor on a council estate. Yes. And I was like, that a council estate sounds wonderful and like something <laughs> rich people would live on. And I, I found out, like, I, I eventually realized that the UK just brands poverty better. Like, council oh, estate sounds amazing. Housing project implies it's a housing thing that's not finished yet. Yeah. Yeah. We're working on it. It's our project. It's a little, yeah. An estate. A council an estate. estate. My family's estate's been in our family for hundreds of years. Yeah. There's a whole thing about like council estates. It's, 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 it's yeah. It's where they, um, it's subsidized housing. It's hard to get. There's a lot less now because um, Margaret Thatcher or someone started like, they started um, phasing it out. And so people, she was giving people the option to buy their housing, their council estates, you know, they, mm. and which was good for them, but they weren't creating more. So, right. so then now there's less and less. And so people are on waiting lists for years to get on these things. And so um, I, I, I assume that that's what that was. So it sounds like maybe it's the difference between like Section 8 in the United States. Those aren't housing projects. Those are just apartments where the government subsidizes some of the rent. So maybe it's that. How are we to know? Yeah, I didn't fully look into like what the difference is for, for like, like government housing here. Um, that's what I assumed it was, though. So... One of the places they're especially complaining about this is Soho. Yes. Is that a fun area? Sounds like a fun area. So like comparably, like it would be like Greenwich Village in New York. Okay. That makes sense. 
so it's a fun area. I mean, there's lots, tons of bars and, and restaurants and um, theater, like, you know, West End is nearby and all that. So um, it's just where all the tourists come to go out and party. I can actually see that being kind of annoying. It's annoying anyway. This is what I don't understand. Like, how much worse could it have been? It was already loud and rowdy on a Friday, Saturday night. It was always people were already pissing in the streets and vomiting everywhere and singing at the top of their lungs, like which is what they were complaining about. And I get that, like having people out on the sidewalk means that the noise is more and louder always. But I don't feel like people are being any more or less rowdy than they were. <laughs> I just think that like during lockdown, people were like, oh, this is what a quiet place is like. And they got used to that. And then when it started up again, they're like, no, fuck this. Yeah, I could see that being the case because like I, I can see this being annoying. Like if you lived on the third street promenade in Santa Monica, it's loud at night. But if all of those restaurants just put all their people outside, it would be so much louder. But at the same time, the alternative is, well, now you live in Soho and all those cool bars and restaurants are shut down forever and you just live in a ghost town. So you're going to have to take the good with the bad. Yeah. And what happens in ghost towns? Crime. And like, you know, it's just it's it's so it's like I would almost rather somebody piss on my front garden than an empty ghost town with criminals. There is an unsettling amount of complaints about that specifically, though. People yeah, I saw it. Right <laughs> It's like so many people are like, well, it's, it's almost like the Guardian. Was it a Guardian article? Because they I, they barely do news. Like they they probably talk to one person, and they're like, "What do your neighbors say?" And uh, you know, and so it's just it's like it's like they just probably interviewed one person who said, "Yeah," and my next door neighbor said that too. And you know, but I, I doubt they did any further research. Yeah, it's like those articles about Twitter is outraged right now, and then you look and it's like two tweets from people that have like 98 followers each and those have like eight retweets each. And it's like, that's not outrage. And you are right. I mean, you're almost right. There are approximately 50% more quotes than you said. Uh, there are two instead of one. There is Samar yeah. Zia. <laughs> uh, she told the guardian people are singing at the top of their lungs and some use my terrace as a lavatory, I scream at them and threaten to call the police, but it's too late. We have to wash it away with buckets of water. First of all, get a hose, okay? Like, yeah. like an adult. <laughs> this is Amina Riaz, who, yes, lives very nearby. This has always been a very lively area, but we don't want people having loud conversations and urinating outside our homes. I see men and women relieving themselves from my living room window, and we have to keep the windows closed even when it's warm. Well, don't live in Soho. If you don't want people outside talking. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that's the problem is that they do feel like they have to move now. But like, I mean, it's, you know, that's what that's like. what celebrate London, man. The men and women pissing in the streets is what London's all about. <laughs> like, the vomit, everything. You're going to run into that in pretty much any big city. Yeah, especially any big city in a high like tourist high foot traffic area, which it was already. So I, I, I it almost feels like a, like, a, oh, this is a good way to complain because it's um, just this new thing. It's like, okay, stop. But I, I just, I can't imagine it was any much, any more peaceful before they put seats out and some alfresco dining. I think you're right. It probably has a lot to do with the fact that before that it was like seven solid months of silence outside, which don't get me wrong. If we could go back to just that part of COVID, oh, I'd be all for it Yeah, because uh, those, those were the glory days. But beyond that, you, you had to know it was going to change eventually. It's not going to be that 
quiet. Yeah. Also, when you hear terrace, don't you think it's like up like a balcony, like a big balcony is what I think of when I hear terrace. So I'm like trying to picture someone pissing on a terrace, you know? Yeah. If that was like someone pissing from the street onto a, like a second level, I want to see that. Like you're an <laughs> asshole for not filming that. If that's what happened, that is an impressive stream. Yeah. They mentioned Kubar too, which is, uh, I, I, I do a show there. Like I've done shows there. So it's like, what if Kubar was gone? Then I'm not there performing. And like, you know, what's the point in living? Are they outdoor shows? No, they were in a basement. <laughs> All right. So calm down, Soho. That said, there are 16,000 outdoor seats in Soho alone. Way That's more than anywhere else. <laughs> That's like putting a small size sports stadium in the middle of someone's neighborhood. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm probably being incredibly insensitive. <laughs> But I mean, I'm just like, it's so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I don't think it's insensitive because you do have to take the business owners into account too. And yeah. maybe that's our new reality. It's just going to be people sitting in the streets eating. At least they're eating and not sitting in the streets not eating, which is a big problem in LA. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about a uh, <laughs> slightly less upbeat story. I feel like England's really underrated on the world stage when it comes to how terribly they treat immigrants. Oh, yeah. Like it's it's one of the like I'm always so bothered when I'll talk about something on a podcast or tweet something and I get a reply from like Australia or England where people are like, hmm, sounds like the United States. It's like, are you reading your news? Like <laughs> you're just baby United States like you and Australia both. And in the UK, there's this especially huge scandal surrounding the Windrush generation, which we did an episode of the What in the World podcast about it. Basically, that's a group of around half a million people who moved from the Caribbean to Britain after World War II because there was a huge labor shortage because Hitler killed millions of people all over the world. So they moved to England to help basically rebuild the country. And when they get there, they're they're told, well, yeah, you're citizens. You're, you're citizens now. Don't worry about paperwork or anything. You're just citizens now. So they never really got any documentation. And then when England started veering to the far right in terms of immigration, these people were getting stopped and asked for proof that they were actual citizens and they didn't have any proof. So now they're getting deported in mass. And it's uh, really fucking crazy. Is this a big deal over there? Are people talking about this a lot? Yeah, but they were talking about it in 2018. And I, I don't know why it's reemerged like in this article. I guess it was because the, the two people tried to commit suicide. Right. Like, did you I don't know if you mentioned that, like, all this happened decades ago, that people were like brought over after the war. And so like they've, they've been here for 50 years. Yeah. yeah. They have kids here, they have families here. They have they've they've rooted into the U.K., and like have just been let in like I get nervous when I go to a bar and they don't stamp my hand. They're like, oh, you're fine. And I'm like, but what if you go to lunch and someone else, you know, <laughs> give me the stamp. And and so they don't have any documentation. And on top of that, the the, the UK in its most passive aggressive way, which is, is very British of them also like creates this environment of hostility to, to get people to leave voluntarily. Right. So, yeah. So on top of that, they're, they're making it hard to get healthcare. They're making it hard to get jobs, blah, 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 without proper documentation. Um, so that like, you'll just kind of leave on your own, <laughs> which is so fucked up. It really is. And it's been proven that that doesn't make people leave because a thing you see all the time is governments will strip non-citizens of any 
public services like, you know, housing, food, things like that. And the places these people are fleeing from, they're like, we'll sleep on your streets. That's way better than going back to where we're from. So like shit like that doesn't even work. It just helps to criminalize being an immigrant. And the the woman overseeing this, Home Secretary Preeti Patel, she seems like a fucking monster. What's the general temperature on her? She's a fucking monster. And everyone knows she's a fucking monster. This woman's been fired already, by the way. Really? And then when Boris Johnson came in, like he brought her back like a fucking zombie or like some Game of Thrones character. Like it's just it, she was fired for setting up meetings with Israel without telling anybody just off the books. Just treason. Yeah, and that's, so, that's like, spy shit. Yeah. So they fired her and uh, she's come back and, and she's pure evil. Yeah, she's she's really got quite the boner for people who try to cross from France to England. And you always see it being sold as, oh, but it's so dangerous. We're, we're keeping people safe. It's like, no, you're not. Like the safest thing to do would just be a, give people a way to get there and then deal with their asylum claims when they get there. But England doesn't want to fuck with asylum claims anymore. And uh, Preeti Patel is in charge of making sure they don't have to. So one of the things they're doing now is just doing these mass deportations back to the Caribbean by way of chartered flights. And what's happening is a lot of these people have open claims pending uh, for asylum, but because they're not resolved before this chartered flight is scheduled to happen, they just get thrown on this flight and sent back to their country, which uh, that sounds unethical at best, possibly <laughs> just a crime. It's a very um, just do it and they can appeal later type thing. It's like um, it, it's just like England. There's always jokes of like where they say they say just do the thing and then just just apologize later. It's it's kind of a, like um, what they say is like a typical like English trait is um, to do what you want and apologize later is what I'm trying to say. So it just <laughs> feels very much that it's just like just send them back and we'll deal with. And they, and they knowing full well, these people like probably they can't afford all the, the legal right. um help that they need and so they're, I don't I, I, what I was surprised about when I read the article was that she was saying that they were criminals and I didn't think that that was like part of what was why they were being sent back I thought they were just being sent back because they didn't have the proper documentation even if it was 50 years later yeah you you see that a lot in the U.S. too where this is painted as getting criminals out of the country and then you look into the things these people the the crimes they were charged with and it's like DUI petty shoplifting <laughs> shit like that it's like, yeah. that's not worth sending millions of people back to Central America to die over. But yeah, that's that's how it's usually so, portrayed. It's really crazy. Like this this whole like right wing like um, crackdown on immigration. Theresa May, she, she I think she kind of made it harder for even people. When I was engaged to a guy here, it was hard for us to get. We were looking into like what it took to get a marriage license. And he had to be making a certain amount of money or had 64,000 pounds in savings for at least like six months or nine months or something to be able to even marry me. So it's like we would, we had to kind of consider maybe because he was a comedian, he didn't have a job that was making a salary. So we had to consider maybe getting married in the States because the, the requirements are much, much less. Like anyone in your family could have like $24,000 or I can't remember exactly, but Teresa May made it harder. So basically like you couldn't be on welfare here or on benefits and then bring over bring someone over, like get married and bring them over. Like it's so uh, racist, yeah, elitist. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it sure is. It sounds like it's meant to just exclude poor people from 
being able to do that. And I'm assuming it's because they think poor people will bring in other poor people and they'll all just be a drain on society, which is bullshit. Like poor people are the foundation of most country's workforce so it's a crazy fucking notion and yeah this most one of these recent flights it was a chartered flight to jamaica for one thing there was a 66 year old man suffering from early onset dementia who had an open case but it's believed he was given very poor legal advice by his lawyers so they put that guy on the plane to go wander the streets of jamaica aimlessly with dementia at the age of 66 And then there were two people who attempted suicide to avoid being sent back. One of them, a man named Akeem Finley, he had a case pending for asylum with the home office, which uh, was based on him being subject to gang violence if he returned to Jamaica. And because his case wasn't settled before this flight happened, they uh, tried to put him on this flight and uh, he attempted suicide to avoid it. This is a quote. I didn't want to be killed. I knew it would happen if I were sent back, and I just don't want that to happen to me. I was terrified. I just wanted to take my life. That would be a better way to go. No one would be there to bury me in Jamaica. Here they would. Yeah. That's dark. He is a father of four. He came to the UK at the age of 10, which I'm guessing that doesn't put him in the Windrush generation category, but maybe his parents were like, that's how DACA works. Like the parents of DACA recipients, I don't think are given the same quasi citizenship that DACA recipients are. Like, I feel like DACA will be our Windrush thing at some point, but hopefully not. Is, is it just that Jamaica is dangerous in general, or does he have like a <laughs> the gang history when he was 10? This is the part that like didn't I didn't kind of understand fully like why was he so afraid to be to go back to Jamaica that I'm not 100% sure about they didn't put all those details in the article but that's that's kind of the same thing that people seeking asylum here from Central America cite as their reason for not wanting to stay is they don't have any direct connections to like cartels but if you live there Yeah, if you live in a certain area, you're going to be subject to cartel violence at some point. And it's just a a terrible place to have to raise a kid. So, yeah, yeah, it was it was probably those grounds. Also, it, it, it sounds like they were going to deport him, but not his kids. So his kids would uh, either be stuck here with other family members or they would have to go face that same violence in Jamaica. And that's a tough choice. I imagine his kids were born in the UK. So had, you know, so they didn't have to <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I can't believe they have just no problem splitting up families like that. And um, yeah, it's crazy to me. Brie Patel is a bully, by the way. It's also something I just remembered is that there was all these stories about her, like um, her, her assistants complaining that she just bullies them day in and day out. And people were quitting because of it. And like, yeah, she seems like a real piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> I haven't looked into her a whole bunch, but we've, we do these international news roundup stories uh, like once every month or six weeks. And I think she's come up on most of them. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. There's just always something new that she's doing that is awful. I can't believe she was fired for setting up secret meetings with Israel. My God. Yeah. yeah. That- and then, well, she's back. What? How is that? Okay. How? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, you, I, you would expect that someone that closely aligned with Israel would have no problem 
with uh, <laughs> foreign visitors to their lands. Uh, <laughs> anyway, you know, a lot of it's a. <laughs> Well, never mind. I was going to say, like, a lot of comedians talk about, like, a lot of comedians who have foreign parents talk about how their parents are the most racist. They're the ones that are like, we got in and no more, <laughs> you know? And I'm just wondering if Pretty Patel is like that. She's just like, I'm in. Fuck the rest of you. So let's talk about a, le- a slightly less harrowing story. I mean, it's less harrowing unless you were ever planning to visit Buckingham Palace and have a good time. Uh <laughs> Apparently they opened this fucking place up to tourists, sorta. You ever been? You ever been? I've never been. Uh I've I've seen Buckingham Palace from a car. But um they opened up the gardens to tourists. Is I think that's what everyone was complaining about, the gardens. Yeah, on they opened them up for the first time to the public on July eighth of this year. Sorry, eight July of this year. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm, of course. When in Rome. So what, people were complaining on TripAdvisor that it was garbage. Yeah, they were promised picnics on lawns and garden explorations and all this other royal family shit. Or, quote, the beauty and calm of this walled oasis, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to picnic on the lawn. <laughs> Tickets were $16, or, or 16, 16 and a half pounds, which is $23 in real money, uh, for a single visitor, or 42 for a family with up to three children, provided they're not of Caribbean descent, then they can't come in. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> uh, which I guess that seems reasonable for entry to Buckingham Palace. I probably wouldn't pay that to see the White House, but... No, and I don't know what people are thinking they were going to see because I, I guess the complaints were that there was only like so much that they can had access to. You can pay a little bit more and get a guided tour, but you only had um, access to, to like a small sliver of it, apparently as if like they were going to let people just roam the gardens and just wave at the queen. Maybe she's strolling by, like, I don't know what they thought their 1650 was going to buy them. One of my <laughs> favorite complaints is that there were too many watchful security guards and it's like you are at buckingham palace you didn't think there was going to be a team of security yeah yeah i mean and they are only supplementing all the cameras on you i'm sure (laughs) you know just oh yeah of course there's watchful security guards you're not at a park people are like just save your money and go to a park yeah do that you're not at a park this is the queen's home they're not gonna let you do anything you sit right there, you have your picnic, and you get the fuck out. <laughs> like, you're not gonna, you know, I, it's just, it, it's, it's um, the queen. She hates you. Like, why? She, she's not gonna let you in her house. She detests poor people. They probably ran it by her, and they're like, what, what, what part of my gardens? They're like the garbage part, obviously. Yeah, fine. Just keep them in a corner. Yeah, it reminds me of the one time I went to the Playboy Mansion. Because I went <laughs> there for a party that was being hosted at the Playboy Mansion. And what that means is... You're visiting the grounds of the Playboy Mansion. You're not going in the fucking house. Like, Hugh Hefner's not going to let you come in. He eventually came out to the party and was in this, like, gated-off area with a ton of security. So, like, you're not really at the Playboy Mansion. You can go get in the grotto if you want, like a fucking maniac. But you're not there in this. Yeah, this is it's 1650. You're not going to get to crash overnight in the whatever the version of the Lincoln bedroom is in Buckingham yeah. Palace. Yeah. I don't know what people were expecting, but like, yeah, one guy was like, and, and, and it's just total waste if it rains. Yeah. Yeah. That's what parks are. Yeah. Most outdoor things. Baseball games <laughs> are a waste if it rains. Like it's pretty much anything. 
Yeah, they complained about overpriced food, long lines, which again, you ever been to an amusement park? Like mm. it's have have they? Are those are do they have those in England? Yeah, there's an amusement park somewhere. I don't know where. Okay, good. I never knew England got hurricanes. I didn't I didn't know that. Uh there is a very good documentary about Tom Petty, which uh warning ahead of time, it is six hours long. Wow. At one point he moves to England and almost immediately upon arriving his house is horribly damaged in a hurricane. And yeah, he was like, I didn't even know they had hurricanes, man. <laughs> Such a great imitation of Tom Petty. Thank you, thank um, you. I said, wow, like as if, as if you had said a six part series, I'd have been like, okay, but you said <laughs> one documentary six hours long. And I'm like, holy shit, you sat through that? What were you on? Back before they knew to split that shit up. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I didn't know, but that's interesting that his house got destroyed as soon as, you know, when I first came to London, um, we opened up the place to my, like the door to my, where my ex fiance was living and the whole ceiling had collapsed. So I think that's just a rite of passage when you move to London. Is Sounds <laughs> like UK. it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, as a result of all this, now people are flooding the Buckingham Palace TripAdvisor page with negative reviews, which I, I do like that because almost any destination has a TripAdvisor page and sometimes it's fun to just go fuck with them. Yeah. So some of the complaints that people are leaving, uh, the entrance ticket only allows you to walk down a crap path with not much to see and the green lawn to sit on. Also, if it's a rainy day, this trip becomes pointless. We already mentioned yeah. the second half of that, but it sounds like the first half is everything they promised you would get if you bought a ticket, which is you're going to see some of a fucking garden and you can sit on the grass if you want. You got a green lawn. It's not brown, is it? Is it? Yeah, I'm sure Buckingham <laughs> Palace takes immaculate care of their lawn. Absolutely. There's also the guy that says in and out in less than one hour and a waste of money. Better off waiting for a sunny day and going to any other park in London for free. First of all, you're going to wait a while for that sunny day if everything I know about London is correct. <laughs> But yeah, you, you might as well strike while it's just dry. I think maybe maybe Londoners are too spoiled. Maybe the UK is too spoiled because, you know, obviously the parks are free. Parks are free anywhere. But so are the museums. So it's like like anything they want to do with, with a family on a certain on a day is is free. And so it's just like 16 pound 50. And I'd better be having tea with the queen at some point. I didn't know the museums were free. So that does actually kind of make sense. Yeah. Because in that regard, a museum's a way better deal. Totally. Like that, that's kind of what these people get for paying to just go stand a little closer to Buckingham Palace than you could if you were just like on the street. Yeah. Like at that point, you're just paying for grass. No one gives a shit. <laughs> that should be the little like TNC, like terms and conditions asterisk underneath all of their like the Royal Gardens. You're just paying for grass. <laughs> That all that said, Buckingham Palace still, as of this article, has a four point five star rating on TripAdvisor. Who are the Who are the good reviews from? I wonder. Oh, um, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't even know why the Queen or like the Royal Society would even need to do this. Like, I don't know why they need to make this money. I don't know why England still needs to have a royal family, but I'm assuming that's never going to go away. I, yeah. Does the Queen make money off of all the like? mugs with her name or face on it, you know, and like, cause I, my first response was tourism, but like, what, a, yes, they come to look at Buckingham palace, but do, do they get money from everything with their likeness on it? If they do, man, they are raking in some dough. I mean, yeah. they are anyway, it's the Royal family. 
It's not like yeah. they're struggling in any way. And there's two less of them. So they're probably making even more money. Yeah, they shed all that financial responsibility. They don't have to take care of those two bleeding heart <laughs> libs anymore. <laughs> it's a problem. Let people in Buckingham Palace for free. We let people yeah. in the, the Capitol on January 6th, and that went fine. Yeah, it was all right. <laughs> yeah. What's the worst that could happen? You have to shoot one person to send a message. Yeah. <laughs> Big deal. So uh, that's the end of our UK stories. Maria, thank you so much. for. Uh, thanks for, for having me. That was fun. For providing your unique expertise in the field of British news. Tell people one more time where they can go to see you record an album. Uh, the Bill Murray and Angel in London in, uh, on August 30th, uh, 6 and 8 p.m. MariaShahada.com for tickets. Very nice. Maria, thank you. I appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Adam. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey, I'm back with Liz and Jeff. Oh, it feels good to be back. Maria, what a, what a, what a highlight. Gem, a gem of a human. What one, a bright star in the dark night sky. One of my favorite people in the world, Maria Shahada. Me too. So let's close out by, let's, let's talk about something really upbeat. Yeah. We're out of Afghanistan. Yay. Oh, God. Ooh, yay us. This, I, th- I feel like we don't really need to go through too many of the details about what's happening in Afghanistan. Hopefully people are familiar, but uh, we pulled out of Afghanistan. We had 2,500 troops still remaining in Afghanistan after 20 years because all, all our other troops were tired of kicking so much ass. Is that weird to me that I'm like, is that all we had there? Yeah, that's the thing. And that's all we needed to keep the Taliban from running roughshod over the country. And uh, we pulled those 2,500 troops out and the Taliban started running roughshod all over the country, which they promised they would not do. They issued this whole statement saying that they had declared amnesty for all of the people who worked with us and that they weren't going to they weren't going to go back to being the old Taliban in the minute we got out of there. They were like, <laughs> we lied. We're the old Taliban JK, again. JK, LOL. Yeah, it's I, funny the, sh- the shit they're saying. And then you're like, but you are the Taliban, right? But they were, they were like, new year, new us. We have different headscarves. We're like very namaste now. We love that women are like going to school and doing their thing. Yes, honey. Yes. <laughs> we stand the girl boss. <laughs> yes yeah like like it was just like especially like we help the people we're helping everybody like they wanted us to be here and i was like everybody's trying to fly on top of a plane it is the opposite of i like that you're here i'm gonna say once the people that were like holding on to the planes after it took off the rest is on you yeah like i don't know what you thought was gonna happen if you held on to that plane but oh i agree but like we also know like that would literally be like if a cop showed up and they'd be like, oh, we heard, we had a disturbance call. Is everything OK with you and your wife? And they're like, yeah, she's great. And she's behind you with like a pan being like, <laughs> oh, yeah, we're friends. We're not we're not fighting. We're not fighting. Yeah, the cops would ignore that domestic abuse call anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, especially in Afghanistan, because most likely it would be another cop beating their wife. Yeah, right. that's valid. Yeah, there's that. Yeah, the the thing about that video of people clinging to that plane, though, it reminded me a lot of 9-11 and all those people who just jumped because, like, what other choice did they have? Like, is it better to fall off the wing of an airplane or get fucking beheaded? 
by the Taliban, maybe beheading. I don't know. That's going to be a pretty brutal death falling from an airplane wing. I feel like a beheading. I feel like they don't get you in one swipe, you know? Yeah. If they, if they were, if it was like a, a cool a ceremonial guillotine? game of Thrones thing. Oh yeah. Like that's that, how I want to go out. Yeah. But like by the Taliban, if it's like a, a chop off with a rusty knife, no thanks. Yeah. I don't need that. Ugh. Although bums, you know, bums me out too much. Don't knock it. <laughs> You know, true. So I yeah. just felt like their message was so like gaslighting, like this. So like, hey, where are these ideas coming from? We've always been peace loving. But we've always been the good guy. But it's like it's almost like you look at a list of reviews and like the first couple of reviews are like best company I've ever had. I would call them again. And then everything else is like, run. They're the worst. They set my house on fire. I had a toilet. Now there's no, there's a hole in the, like, and you're just like, yeah, man, I know your reputation. You can't just tell me that things are different. Yeah. They're like, come on. Remember Rambo three? That was us. We were the good guys. <laughs> and they, they really did. This statement they put out seems like it was written by a fucking Hollywood PR firm. This is just part of it. We know that we've been undergoing really challenging periods and crises. A lot of mistakes that were made that were an advantage to the occupiers. We want to make sure that Afghanistan is not the field of conflict, a battlefield of conflict anymore. We have pardoned anyone, all those who had fought against us. We don't want to repeat any conflict anymore again. We want to do away with the factors for conflict. Therefore, the Islamic Emirate does not have any kind of hostility or animosity with anybody. Animosities have come to an end, and we would like to live peacefully. We don't want any internal enemies and any external enemies. Kinda, the you, end. Kind of using the word conflict a lot in there. They oh, sure did. That was like a, a whole repetition there. and uh, That's so much like a boyfriend being like, I didn't curse, therefore this was a peaceful message. And you're like, do you see all the lies, though? Like, yeah. I don't care that, like, it's just a bed yeah. of lies. It, they're very much being like, hey, who among us hasn't <laughs> fucked up in the past? <laughs> Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. It will be us. We will cast that first stone. Yeah, th this reminds me of those things where the police will do these sting operations where they'll send out letters and say, hey, you want a TV, fuckface? Come pick it up. Like, this is them going, whole new Taliban, different different recipe, different flavor. Come out. Come out into the open. Work with us. Let's be friends. We, we even have some gay members. We're super open. <laughs> and they have behead you... the gay members right in front of you when you show yeah, up. yeah. We were lying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. This is a problem. This is a bit of an issue. It's the Taliban. Remember? But at the remember? same time, isn't this what we were begging Obama to do the entire time he was in office was get out of the Middle East? I think what we were begging Obama to do was to set up a situation in which we can leave the Middle East stable where right. so the Taliban doesn't come back in. But there's probably a reason Obama didn't do that. And I would guess it's because that is no longer possible. Well, like, as we have literally just found out, that yeah, is correct. There really is no other option for how to do this. We either keep troops in Afghanistan perpetually forever or we murder the entire Taliban. I don't know if that's going to be possible, but I'll do it. Yeah. I mean, if they want to mercenary me up, I'll I'll head over there. 
I'll do it. I'll 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 show up like Rambo tying my boots. Soldier of Fortune, baby. Can you imagine being so dedicated that you just kind of hung out for 20 years being like, they'll they'll loosen up. You know, what's funny is it's a very American idea is to like be done with the war after like five or six years or even 20. Whereas like the rest of the world is like, no, this is our home. We're fighting here forever. Well, we didn't learn anything from Russia invading Afghanistan. One, I don't know how we didn't see this coming when we were the ones arming the Taliban when they were fighting against Russia. But also, even with America's help, that war was just a fucking stalemate until Russia did the same thing and was like, all right, we'll leave. Like, where do we think people in Afghanistan are going to go? They're just going to stay and fight. That is the whole crux of why the Middle East hates us, because we occupy their lands. And boy, do followers of Islam not like having their lands occupied by outside forces. America has always been offense, not defense. They're not like they've never had to really defend their own land as far as, you know, when we talk about modern wars. So we don't understand what the stakes actually are. Right. Everyone going into Afghanistan, like when the war started, that was all you heard was America doesn't get it. Like, it's not going to be that kind of war. This isn't Vietnam. You're not going to be able to clear the jungles uh, using cancerous Agent Orange. You're not going to raise mountains. It's a very mountainous region. Yeah. Yeah. It's the terrain in Afghanistan just makes fighting there really, really hard. And once again, Afghanistan has, for all intents and purposes, beaten a world power at war. I mean, with our help, obviously, we gave them the weapons to do it and the training. So, yeah, it's a very bad situation. And by the time this goes up, who knows what things are going to be like in Afghanistan? Probably fine. It's going to be fine. (laughs) I'm going to put it out on a limb. Let's get Stallone back in there. Have him right some wrongs. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Maybe my show the contender. <laughs> Just have him go over there and apologize. Hey, it's my bad, everybody. It's uh, me. I made a mistake. We've all, who among us? Ah, <laughs> uh, Sylvester Stallone. He probably could fix this. So, I bet he could. So, so yeah, we're it's a it's a developing story. Hopefully, Afghanistan still exists by the time this episode goes up. We're recording it pretty far in advance, but uh, who knows? Or actually, no. What the fuck am I talking about? This episode goes up Monday. So that's far in advance when it comes to how quickly yeah. everything is moving these days. Yeah, in Afghanistan, the 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 four days that that would take is that's like uh, six years. Yeah, yeah, I stand corrected. All right, I think that's an episode, though. Is it? I think it is, Jeff. Okay, let's have Maria come back and tell us what she thinks of Afghanistan. We actually have Maria on the phone. Here we go. Another 45 minutes of this podcast, everybody. Hello, Maria. You're on. Oh, she hung up. God damn it. Uh, Maria from London. Go ahead. <laughs> so uh, thank you both for uh, doing the pod. Do we have anything to plug before we get out of here, Liz? Yeah. Well, since you've had uh, two the two parts of Two Non-Doctors, uh, listen to me and Maria Shahada on Two Non-Doctors. We're weekly, weekly episodes. We're on the Unpops Network because we're cool like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then I have a book called Why Cats Are Assholes that you can buy and read to your cat. And I have uh, two free hours on YouTube. Very nice. Yeah. Jeff? Uh, I have a book called Cats Are Assholes. You can find that <laughs> uh, anywhere. The emphasis is different. 
Oh, oh. Was, I, I wish it was nice. like cats are better than you. So shut the fuck up, Liz Neely. <laughs> cats are nice. They're not. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, I don't know if you know this, but I have uh, Cool Friends, and that also is the name of my podcast, Jeff Has Cool Friends, which is available at patreon.com slash Jeff May, as well as available for free everywhere else. Uh, you can also check out Tom and Jeff Watch Batman on the Gamefully Unemployed Network, and of course, you don't even like sports, a sports about how Adam Todd Brown is rude and doesn't like sports. Uh, and Jeff then doesn't even like sports. No, you don't even say that. Liz likes sports more my than time, Jeff. My time to talk. <laughs> um yeah you can just check that out find us on social media you know the whole drill and uh patreon.com slash unpops don't go to that or uh unpopsnetwork.supercast.tech you can subscribe and get a whole bunch of bonus episodes uh you don't even like sports will be coming back soon About how adam doesn't like sports we're we're wrapping up another season of the unpops music podcast which if if you've never listened to that what are you doing it's so funny. You don't have to like the bands and no one likes corn. You don't even like bands. Yeah, exactly. But our podcast about corn, we did two seasons about corn. So fucking good. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, please, please go listen to it. Um, And uh, I think that's it. Let's get the fuck out of here. Liz, say goodbye. Bye. Jeff, say goodbye. You get the Taliban rookie card. <laughs> oh, no. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.